You're listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important for us to note that some of the topics and conversations we cover in this episode could be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to our fourth episode of Rest Days. Saying that out loud is absolutely bananas to me. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Maria Sylvester-Terry. I'm a registered dietitian in New Orleans. And I'll be honest, I don't really wear underwear that often. Ooh. My co-host, yeah. It's out there. It's, literally, it literally and, is. It's literally <laughs> and figuratively out there. I have a wonderful human with me today, every day, pretty much. And her name is? My name is Lauren Laval. I am a group fitness instructor and certified personal trainer in Philadelphia. And um, I can't stop making weird voices at cats. <laughs> Do you uh, want to give us one? No, I can't because there's not a cat here. Ah, ah okay. It, it comes from a part of me that is only triggered when I see the feline species out living their lives. I actually... I, I think a lot of people know that, but I want to go back to your kitty cat that does not wear underwear. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just, I don't want to just gloss over that because I think it's important to add that to remember when you got the suds. Yeah. I remember when I got the suds. Do y'all remember when I got the suds? It was a very challenging time for me. Should I give a brief <laughs> recap? Recap it. Brief, brief recap is I bought brand new shorts from a company that I loved my shorts, bike shorts from. I wore them on a run. I was so excited. I did not wash them before I wore them because I also don't always do that. On the run, it starts raining and then the suds came out to play. The suds were all up in my crotch, all over me from what I imagine is some sort of chemical detergent or something in the fabric that just... uh, Yeah, it really challenged my lifestyle of not wearing underwear in that moment. Yeah, that's what I was scared about. (laughs) I I was terrified. I've been terrified. I spent days waiting for the UTI to come. I didn't even guess. I just waited. It's like, it's happening. It did not happen. I was blessed. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the reminder that the suds happened. It has not happened to me. Again, however, I did get a message from someone who ran a race and she got the suds from her (laughs) betrayed, betrayed from her shorts. She got the suds too. So it's happening. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I would be terrified. I have um, lots of different and various opinions on underwear. I like, I like to wear my underwear. Like I like to wear my pants. So just like up over it all. Like right, <laughs> right under my boobs, like <laughs> just directly. Like I want my boobs to be resting on the top of my underwear. I swear to God. <laughs> You're like a little bit of fabric away from just wearing a bodysuit. Have you considered that? Yeah. I think that it would only be like, it would be a little bit more difficult to shimmy down unless it has well, like, yeah. you know, but like, I just, 
I don't know. I just really love. So I'm, yeah, I'm either like team big underwear or no underwear. Yeah. I could get behind that. I could get behind it. I could get in front of it. I could get around it. I'm just like, it. have you ever just, just like a big comfy pair of underwear? I don't know. They, they yes. were, they tried to, they tried to get us wearing these little ass underwears and thinking that was cute. That was uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, seven for thirty-five dollars of Victoria's Secret. I'll never forget. Yeah, it. and they Just made a. Flop. They made they, they made the they made the large girls get down to the bottom. You gotta get, <laughs> you gotta get down yeah. to the bottom of the container. Why they do that? Why are you hiding those? We need those. Why are I? Why are they on the lowest shelf? <laughs> From <laughs> why? Tell me about that. Why can't we just have a little even mix? Um, anyway, I'm <laughs> well, not buying we those were... <laughs> underwear anymore, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, and I'm not buying anything anymore. So there's that. Well, on that note, some of you are invested in us and we are <laughs> so grateful. Surprised. For you. <laughs> and in the spirit of spooky season, we have 13 patrons on patreon thank you so much and i want to give a little shout out to two people i know and love caroline and laura they are our two latest 100 percent battery patrons thank you for supporting ready to go oh yeah they are ready and they are incredible people so thanks so much for believing in us and investing in us and our conversations about suds and not wearing underwear and all of the above we appreciate you yeah. Would you believe we haven't even done the clickbait yes yet? Like this is incredible. We have so much goodness that awaits. I really was I was caught off guard by your fun fact. Well, I thought I would just keep you I like to keep you on your toes and I also know that it's just fun to watch your face when I say something. <laughs> I don't get the pleasure of that, y'all. We don't live near each other anymore. So anytime I can have a real in-person conversation, this is about as close as I can get, but I appreciate yep. them. Right. So we're, we're going to let's load it up. Uh, clickbait time. Lauren, I'm going to invite you to go first. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to be clickbait, but then when I mentioned it, you didn't know what it was. So um, we're talking about really more of a trend um, and it's called the five to nine and it's okay. the five to nine before you're nine to five. Gross. So so it's the idea that you're waking up presumably around 5 a.m and doing a bunch of stuff before you go to work um usually those things include like a skincare routine a workout um a fancy drink of some kind you know many elixirs many elixirs and um maybe like cleaning your house, but <laughs> obviously there is like many things going on with a five to nine because like the idea of this, well, I, I probably could pull it off. I have no children. I don't leave my house to work, but really the standards of the five to nine and the aesthetic of like what that looks like, right? You put on your little matching set and you do your little Pilates, no shade to Pilates, no shade to a matching set, but we know where this is going. Um, <laughs> and then your, you know, your house and your counters are very clean for you to make your um, drink with all of your, again, elixirs. I'll say elixirs. Um, I tinctures like potions, if you will, we're in potion season. So all your potions, um, many of which are overpriced and really, you know, 
not necessary. Um, very much a status symbol of like, you have money to buy potions and yep. you know, and then you get cute, you do your face thing. Some of those, some of the people doing it have those, uh, full, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's like an infrared, some kind of mask they put on. Oh, the red, doing, like, the red, the red, the red light. Yeah. That looks like a terrifying mask. Um, <laughs> we're really into the spooky season, aren't we? <laughs> I, I didn't know it would be so relevant. Like you're like drinking a potion. Um, you're waking up when it's still like the witching hour, basically. <laughs> you're, you're casting spells, AKA manifesting your dreams. Yeah. You do your yeah. journals. Um, and you know, again, nothing wrong with all of those. I think it's just the trend and the idea that this time and these little thingies that you're doing are available to everyone goes back to the classic like we all have the same 24 hours or like mm-hmm. you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce well like no 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 I don't I wish I had one day of Beyonce's 24 hours preferably a time she wasn't prepping for any kind of big show um <laughs> So like a, a vacation time, because like there's people who, you know, you get food deliveries, you have food made for you. Like there's just like convenience factors that change that ability to do that. And just the idea of throwing a child into the mix or a job with a variable schedule, a job where, you know, like you're so exhausted waking up early <laughs> to do all these little things is just unappealing um, <laughs> for just really unavailable to you. So that's really a big thing right now, this aesthetic minimalist, but very expensive lifestyle that's being pitched. And um, just thinking back on my twenties and like all the things that I did, because I had a lot of flexibility talking about like yeah. early twenties, late college, early, you know, all that where you're just like, Oh yeah, like, I'm just going to hit the gym again. And and that availability is just so not realistic. So uh, that's my that's my clickbait. I think wow. it's clickbait. I don't think it's available to everybody. I think it's fun to watch a few of those videos and you're like, oh, wow, do I need that? Um, and then I realize no. And also it's just going to be more shit in my kitchen. Yeah, completely. And I love that you said that you struggle with that thought sometimes because I notice sometimes when I'm having conversations with people that they really judge themselves for one, not having a lifestyle like that. And two, kind of thinking that they need to, and they're like, I know I don't, but it looks so good. And like, now I'm judging myself for thinking I needed to have more. And it's like, this happens to everybody. (laughs) Like you would never have that lifestyle. (laughs) And it's, it's okay to kind of wonder, well, this came across my eyes and like my reels or my for you page or whatever, it comes up, they're aesthetically very pleasing. Um, and they also like might not add anything to your life. They might actually be taking away your energy because it's like this weird concept of, I wrote down a couple notes while you're talking because I, I couldn't get them out of my head. I just was struggling so much with this idea. It really blew my mind to think five to nine and then nine to five is essentially 12 hours of working. And not everyone has the emotional capacity, the energy, the desire, the want, the need to have a 12 hour work day. That's one side. The other part is we're assuming people work nine to five. still. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know many people 
who have nine to fives. And if they do, they work at law firms and they're not working nine to five, but the office hours are nine to five, right? Like everyone says they're working nine to five. So I find that whole concept troubling because not everyone really has that sort of lifestyle. Everyone has flexible schedules or they have really strict shift work where they have to show up for certain hours, certain shifts, especially in the restaurant industry. You know, how are you going to work that in? You're five to nine when you really And, are. and it changes week to week. Yeah, yeah. It changes all the yeah. time. You're like, I don't have a normal schedule because I don't even know what my schedule is until next week. Right. Oh my gosh, completely. And then you also factor in the idea of is this five to nine now inaccessible? Do like it just find it it finds me in an interesting place because my five to nine might look like a 12 to one one day or a six to eight PM one day, where like maybe I am getting these things done for myself, but it doesn't have to be this like early riser, early bird catches the worm energy. The last thing I'll say about it is I wrote down healthism slash health as a hobby. And that's sort of something I've been wrestling with in my own mind is how in my late, uh, early twenties, kind of late college years as well. I thought health was a hobby. Oh, like it nutrition was, hobby. was a hobby. <laughs> it was like, I didn't, I was not engaged in anything unless someone really needed a softball player for an intramural sport. <laughs> like you were desperate. I really wasn't involved in anything other than, of course, I'll bring it back to student government, but that's from another time. We won't keep bringing that up. Of course I had my extracurriculars, but it felt like health was like a sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that the five to nine concept is such a clickbait. You have had really great clickbaits. This is such a clickbait because it's the ultimate, let me click on this and keep engaging and see what more can I get out of this? Is there, can I buy into this? So sometimes the clickbait isn't even something you buy. It's something you mentally are invested in. And just oh, but the five to nine, those routines get, those routines get expensive. So they you're right. You're so right. Mm-hmm. You end up investing in those. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're an investment. Let's move on. Your clickbait. <laughs> My clickbait um, was sent to me by a friend, Danielle. Thank you. And <gasps> you she submission? said, yeah, she said, I have your clickbait. And I opened it and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it was an Instagram video that has since been removed. I uh, was messaging you earlier about it. I was like, it doesn't even exist on Instagram. But of course I went to Amazon and just t- typed in a couple keywords that yes. I thought it might yes. be. Because to name this product is complicated. And then to describe the concept, I'm going to describe the product to you and your eyeballs are going to get big because it doesn't sound like what you think it is. Okay. Um, I did find it on Amazon. Okay. So it is, it is a small cylindrical device with a flat base. Mm-hmm. You put it in your mouth and you breathe in and you breathe out and it's a covered flat base. And it allows these inhalations and, you know, uh, exhales to essentially supposedly remove your double chin. It's like putting a pacifier in your mouth, or it really does sort of look like, it looks like other toys that you might have, right? Um, It is hysterical. You can work on getting a V face. It is anti-aging. It is firming. It apparently helps your skin. It has an elastic stretching movement. When you inhale and exhale, it looks like this. If you're watching on Patreon. Amazing. Bizarre, right? And so it's also a cute pink teddy bear. It y'all, you know, for those of you who are wait, listening, wait, it looks can, like a pop socket. Yeah. Show me, show me, show me more from the side because <laughs> 
Okay. So immediately when you started describing it, my mind didn't go to a sexual place. I was like, that sounds like a kazoo. (laughs) It is like a kazoo. It's exactly like a kazoo. So here's another interesting thing. It says it prevents sagging skin and lifts and tightens your facial muscles. Muscles. Look at the face. Look at the muscles being engaged. The muscles in my nose, Lauren, please help. Do I have muscles there? I just feel like, I, I mean, I knew exactly like what kind of product it was going to be. Um, and it's absolutely a clickbait. Like this is like a, you fell asleep with the TV on and you wake up and it's, <laughs> it's one thir- it's one thirteen AM um, and your eye opens and they're like, you'll never have a double chin again. That's where we're at. It's a jawser sizer. Is that will. what it's called? that's what some of them are called yeah the um the other products that are like suggested are called jaws or size can you read me um, one review <laughs> yeah sure one out of five stars on january 13th 2022 <laughs> the picture the picture is of course in line with this episode a black cat and this person order ordered purple and mm-hmm. seven people found this review helpful doesn't work rather adds extra loose skin now that's an interesting review oh no 31 percent of reviews are one star 41 percent are five stars but there are no written reviews they are just like randomly submitted but the only ones that are verified purchases is this one one star review how interesting oh my gosh yeah, so I was actually a pacifier kid. Um, <laughs> we love a passy. I was too. You were. You were hmm. Even after all this, tongue tie. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, because my tongue couldn't touch the top of my mouth, so probably loved that passy life. You have good. Did you wear, did you wear braces? Yeah, but braces did the opposite. Like braces. They restrict, you know, they don't know. I know. I just didn't know because, you know, like some people who like suck their thumbs or have a pacifier have more of like an overbite. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. The only reason I got uh, braces just on the top, I never had them on the bottom was for like space thing. I had a lot of space in my mouth. So I just brought my teeth together. And what I really needed was a palate expander. I did not have one of those. Um, Do you think that that. That Amazon thing would have acted as a palate expander. <laughs> it would have definitely acted as an emotional passy for me. I, I'd probably use that one on stress. If I'm being it honest, really do- it, I, all I could think of was a kazoo. I'm sorry. All right, I, I liked it. It was definitely clickbait. I'm telling you, as seen on TV at like late night on like the most it. random channel. I'm gonna push it to 3 a.m. TV land or something. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So y'all, I'm not recommending it, but it is the clickbait and thank you. It's not even being recommended. No, (laughs) it's not. That's the worst part. All the reviews are fake except for the one, one star. (laughs) Nobody's recommending it. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I guess we'll take it right into the gold of our episode today. The, the real good stuff. We're talking about treats. We are going to cut through a little trick-or-treat conversation, a little treat review. What are our yeses and nos on some classic 
spooky season Halloween treats. We're going to talk through our Halloween night experiences as kids and teenagers. Um, and then at the end, of course, you probably saw this coming. We're going to spend some time talking about the connotation of the word treat and how do we reconcile the idea of treats as adults when we were often potentially told that we can't have too many treats. Treats are only every once in a while. Treats are bad for you. You're going to, you know, destroy your health if you eat too many treats. So we're going to take it all the way back to when we were young trick-or-treating. Uh-huh. This is an episode mostly treats, but we will talk a little bit about the tricks here. Did you or did you not trick-or-treat? And I have to ask this question as well. When were you finally too old to trick-or-treat? Yeah, that, Fill us in. That question hurt my feelings, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, of course, trick-or-treated. I grew up in a wonderful neighborhood um, with a lot of kids throughout the years, but like, you know, they came in waves, they came in, in classes. Like there are a few of us, my age, and then a few younger, like my brother's age. So yes, of course we trick-or-treated. Um, the, the map for trick-or-treating got longer, of course, as we got older. And I think the last time I trick-or-treated, I was maybe in eighth or ninth grade like I got I like pretty old um I say old because like I've pretty much looked like this since the eighth grade Uh, so just imagine (laughs) me in a homemade costume trick-or-treating looking like exactly how I do right now (laughs) um yeah and I loved it um and then, and then I didn't like, I'm, I've never been much of a costume person, which is why they were always last minute thrown together. But I like the community aspect of trick-or-treating. I like, um, you know, I love browsing a house. Oh, so going yeah. up to someone's house and maybe a little, little sneakeroo, <laughs> little sneak in. <laughs> yeah. I love if they weren't just on their porch, if their door was open and I could look in absolutely wanted to look in that house. Um, so yes, that's, <laughs> As a nosy kid and adult, I love trick-or-treating. How about you? Yeah, trick-or-treating was a, it was a holiday. It was bigger than Christmas, bigger than Easter. Well, there were so many of you. That's what, it's like a different vibe for you. It's so different. There, so I'm one of five kids. And then I'm also one of like 15 or 20 grandchildren on just one side. And my dad's side of the family, um, we were really close with a set of cousins. We were all born around the same time within a few months of each other. And so my aunt and uncle would come over with their four kids and we would trick or treat together and we would be, oh my gosh. And my uncle would dress up in the most hilarious costumes. He was, he was just a force. He was like six, five. He was loud. He was so Italian. He was like the highlight of Halloween. And every year we were just like, what is uncle Michael going to wear for Halloween? We'd be talking about it for weeks and it was always a big surprise. And my cousins were just the best. We had so much fun together. So, you know, there might be a parade of us. I've been parading Mm -hmm. for a long time, I guess there would be a parade of us. And sometimes other cousins would come or friends would come or my, my siblings would invite people over. And it was always very, (laughs) very anxiety ridden time for me around September, because I had to start thinking about what is my costume going to be? And I don't want to repeat a costume. I want it to be perfect. I had to go all out. And we sometimes, my brothers were way better about making their costumes. My sister and I usually like picked something out. 
And I, I guess around the time that I was maybe in high school, I was like, okay, 14 felt like eh, this is a little yeah, weird. It was we like got, the we last getting, year. Yeah, we were getting looks. Um, but we, I mean, I, I would dress up every year. I remember my senior of high school, I was still dressing up. <laughs> I, I mean, I just loved it. I love, love, love Halloween. The Phillies won the World Series one year and I dressed up like in full Phillies outfit. It just, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say that you were a fanatic. <laughs> I became the Philly fanatic. That is a better costume for me, to be honest. I know. I was like, oh my God, please tell me you were the fanatic. <laughs> um, that is a way more fitting costume for me, personality-wise. Um, but I, we just absolutely loved it. My parents had Halloween parties. Um, it just, it's a part mm. of our family. And even to this day, my brother, one of my brothers lives in California and he goes home almost every year for Halloween. It just is like a homecoming. My whole, my parents' street, we grew up in a, in a nice residential neighborhood. The whole street would be orange. Trees were just gorgeous. The foliage would come in. It just piles of leaves everywhere. And it was just the best. We had a really good time. Um, the costumes I, I could look back on over and over and over again. I think my favorite and one that I actually did repeat a few years in a row was Barney. Big fan of the Barney costume. I didn't know you were a Barney person. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was such a Barney person. And the purple, right? It just the beginning of oh the, my God, the purple love. It makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. I was also a Barney person. And Scott actually calls me baby bop all the time. You are absolutely our baby Bob. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh my gosh. Barney was it was the moment. <laughs> yeah. And it was the comfort too. It was the comfort oh, yeah. of being this like what, incredible costume. What a great costume. Yeah. What a great costume. Again, we are talking about coastal differences because yeah, um, going trick-or-treating with my friend's kids here on the East coast is like, like it's like the movies right I grew up in California it was warm like (laughs) one one year I went as scary spice big surprise um so cute so chunky your girl just your girl just wore like white cargo pants and a sports bra and then like probably I think it was like a leopard print hair tie with my hair out and that's what I that's who I was I was scary spice I feel like this could be an outfit you wear all the time. This yeah, sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. I'm just going to go to Target like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a picture? I might be able to dig one up. Yes. Okay. I might be able to dig one up. Um, or at least another Halloween costume. I was also a pink Power Ranger. Oh, classic. Classic. Yes. Yes. Which was just, <laughs> just looked like I was wearing a pink pair of pajamas. Like, <laughs> and a a helmet yeah yeah like the the, even when you bought the costumes and that's the whole thing like store-bought costumes are fun but they're not always great like you're just like "Uh uh-oh this is not (laughs) like the mask is printed like not correctly it's like off-centered um but yeah I I think that the East Coast uh, Halloween experience is totally what I grew up watching in the movies, um, not yeah. what I ever experienced. It, it really was like that. Like when you watch a, you know, Casper, you watch like a Halloween movie, like you really are watching your own neighborhood in some capacities, like the way that the leaves are. And it's sometimes it'd be really cold. Sometimes it would be warm, but you always kind of just had this iconic 
like just uh it was really a holiday you really had an incredible experience I think as a kid if you had that like you know suburban Halloween um and I know not everybody has that but Halloween really is it just holds such a special place in my heart and in my belly because we would get lots and lots and lots of candy we were pillowcase kids like I didn't do a bag what did you do um no we yeah so we were we were pillowcase or like um like a large not aesthetically pleasing bag yeah not like we didn't carry like a little bucket that was a pumpkin no we did not Mm -mm. not enough no we came to pillage yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna get into (laughs) dump trading pilfering donating in a a bit I think we need to hit a nice rundown of favorite candy real quick Mm -hmm. so I wrote I wrote a list Lauren of yes or no and I'm gonna give you uh one of the candies and you're going to give me your yes no or some other nuance we're going to start with a heavy hitter candy corn yes or no um yeah I'll still eat it I don't like it but I don't there's something sensory about it like oh, someone's yeah. like oh it's like you're eating wax and I'm like I don't think I hate that <laughs> <laughs> um so when we made our house the other day like I ate a few pieces of it and every piece I was like that was horrible I regret this that was like th- I don't know if this is actually like a food like is this gonna digest but every time I ate it because <laughs> it just yeah, can't it's- stop eating it it's such a I think it's an oral fixation it like it meets that, it meets that, it meets that need right it just meets the need to have this like waxy candle feeling in your right. mouth like so yeah. yeah do I love candles yes am I eating a candle yes so yes candy corn yes for that reason keep going yeah. um, I'm a no but also a yes for the same reason you just can't stop putting it in your mouth okay okay so so we don't we're not like we love it because it has a flavor because I can't really like the flavor is just kind of like slightly sweetened um right it's the texture we're here for it's all the Yes. I love the feeling on my, t- on my teeth so much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So bite size candy or king size candy? I'm a, Which- I'm a bite size baby. Yeah, I'm also team bite size. It was always cool as a kid to get a king size candy bar because you felt so special, but the bite size as an adult, I'm just like, Ooh, they're all cute. Oh, and I love bite. variety. I love variety. Yes. Yes. sampler a sampler <laughs> give me the sampler please yes okay apple cider yes or no hot hot oh. apple cider oh, oh I just threw you a curveball okay tell us yeah no I mean like I didn't grow up drinking it um we weren't a big juice family either so I didn't really grow up having like <laughs> apple cider apple or juice apple juice so no I'm out on the apple cider hot especially no no wow I would only drink it hot I'm more of a mulled wine person after a pretty great trip to Hungary I got to experience that um but I love apple hot apple cider especially if you're visiting an orchard and like are just doing the thing I'm into it that sounds like last episode anyway keep going when I go Cider. to the orchard <laughs> I don't know anymore obviously <laughs> not I mean in the swamp now um cider donuts um yes or no? again no nostalgic uh connection to a cider donut had my first cider donut maybe at 25 so like yeah same I mean same honestly I I didn't like the taste of that like 
heavy cinnamony apple spice um as a as a kid other than maybe apple juice you know something pretty plain but as an adult I liked it um it's, yeah, I didn't, so, yeah that makes sense they're not like popping in California that's like also California donuts just in my opinion are better anyway oh my god significantly yes that's <laughs> okay. another that's an episode okay. okay candy apples caramel apples both yes no rip my baby teeth out absolutely <laughs> Oh my gosh. Love them. Love them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, obviously a very sour green apple with mm. just like, again, where you're just struggling to get a bite of it because you don't know when you have to start one, I would have, I'd be like, mom, can you like start this apple? Cause I can't get my <laughs> little baby teeth into it. But yeah, you do need a start. That's right. Cause it just, the first <laughs> bite is hard. You might hit the roof of your mouth. I loved them. My parents would bring them home and I would kind of just see them over by the toaster next to the oven. And I was like, Oh, I know I'm going to split one of those with my dad, or I'm going to have one tonight. It would just make my day. They are so nostalgic to me. Okay. This is a hot one. Reese's cups or Reese's shapes in this episode, pumpkins, Christmas episode, trees, Easter would be eggs. Tell us. Shapes. Oh my God. Shapes are supreme. Tell us why. First of all, the shape. (laughs) (laughs) Period. First of all, the flair. Yeah. Um, And then obviously just the ratios are a little bit different. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. And, and a Reese's like peanut butter is not a peanut butter you can get from a jar. I mean, you, you might, they might sell that, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's just different. Whatever that is. I like it. Don't even tell me what it is. I like I it. Won't. And I like it. Yeah, in a shape. I like the shape. It seems more whipped, which I'm into that texture a lot. And I just love them. I love the shapes. Great. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the last two, which I find uh, can really pull worlds apart. Mm-hmm can really disrupt some families. Uh, if you are obsessed with this, it is like, it's your thing. People know that you are obsessed with it and it's sour candy. Yes or I, no? I, I still ride for sour. I, I like went through a sour phase and um, even now, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of into it. Just like if I can get a, like a little sour gummy, usually mine aren't just uh, trick-or-treat gummies anymore. Um <laughs> they're vitamins and (laughs) I could get a sour gummy that it's it does not a lot too but I was like a warhead kid as well like like where we would be like having a competition Mm -hmm. um and sour is one thing I can do I also just like yeah I I'll I mess with other things along the sour line bitter is bitter is my hard uh my hard no for most things so sour candy yes how about you uh, absolutely not. I was a warhead kid for clout. I just wanted to win that contest of being able to hold the lemony thing longer than somebody else. I really did not like sour candy. I hated sour airheads when there was a sour variation of something. It just, uh, it was like, no, don't ruin a good time. Sour patch kids. I can get with, I do enjoy those, but I don't gravitate to sour candy, but sour patch a- kids kind of goes into our next category. Which it is does gummy. gummy candy. Uh, I'm a hard yes for this. What are you? I'm uh, very rarely into a gummy candy. Um, oh my god! 
gosh. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll get my sour from like, again, I grew up in California, like the little shaky and squeezy. Yeah. <laughs> Baby bottles pop. <laughs> yeah. Just lick the pop, dip it and shake it and lick it again. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not so much on the gummies. Scott's a big gummy person. That's why he takes his vitamins literally that way. You have bonded over that um, where yes. you're like, have I already <laughs> taken my vitamins? Maybe I'll just take them again. Um, <laughs> hungry for a little snack. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's two different types of gummy candies, right? There's the kind that like you bite through. There's two different mouthfeels when it comes to gummy candies. And some of them are a little sturdier. I like a little bit of sturdier gummy candy. I can get with that. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because they remind me of gummy sharks, the blue shark. And the yes. and peach and peach rings and spearmint leaves, like they have a sturdiness to them. <laughs> I will always go to the blue sharks before like gummy worms, which just feel a little bit more gummy, like a gummy bear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that was fun. Good good talk. Okay. So let's talk Halloween night experience. We kind of covered a little bit of you know what the vibe was in our house. But in terms of you coming home from Halloween, you would go and you'd you know, pick your candy and you trick or treat, bring it home. You've got a few options. Did you dump it out as soon as you got in? Did you go and hide it so that your siblings didn't need it? Did you trade it? Did you steal, pilfer? Uh, And then also what did your parents do (laughs) with your candy? What did your family do with it when you were quote, not done with it, but maybe they said you were? Mm -hmm. Give us a lowdown. Yeah. Well, first of all, that definitely happened. Um, But yeah, we were dump, we were team dump and trade. Um, because of what we just talked about, like everybody had a little bit of a different thing. Um, I was into chocolate. So like Snickers and Reese, mm. like um, that's still, you know, that's still what I'm going to go to the store and get myself the day after a holiday because um, <laughs> it's on sale. But uh, yeah, there was a big, it was a trade, like three or four of us neighbors and all like empty it out. And we'll trade. And we like kind of kept it sectioned off and it was very, you know, diplomatic. Like, hello, will you trade me these? You know, any of my, <laughs> like the dots, the gummy things, like any of those, they could go. They were free to go. Um, really, to be honest, I was in it solely for the chocolate. I can't really even think of another candy that I would be like, oh, I really want to trade so-and-so for this. Nope. Mm-mm. In it for the chocolate and it for the high value. <laughs> high valued candy um everything else I was like you can take and usually ended up going to like waste I don't want to say waste because I don't know where the candy ended up I'm sure that it ended up somewhere with a very nice family but um, wherever wherever leftover Halloween candy went for us um I wasn't too attached to it and I would never go through it all because I was just strictly there for the mini chocolates yep yep um, that's, we were very similar. We dumped in the middle of the family room and my mm-hmm. set of neighbors, I had four siblings and it was usually a little chaotic because some of us would be a little bit more hype than others. And some of us were a little defensive depending on the year and how, how we were feeling, how pubescent we were. Um, but we often traded not as diplomatic, of course. My mom always got in on the action because she loved good and plenties and Twizzlers and Reese's and Twix. So she would kind of get herself involved as well. My dad would take all of the mounds and the coconut candies because um, we didn't like those. Well, I like the mounds. 
I, I, we we did it growing up, but no, I know. Even as a child, I was like, these are these are a high a high valued <laughs> item from me. Yeah, almond joy. Oh my gosh, as a as a bite size, is there anything better than a bite size almond joy? Oh my god. So we were we were pretty good about. It. We did not donate, y'all. We did not waste candy. Everything got eaten. If you had anything left, you, one of my brothers came to find it and ate it for you. Nice. My parents also developed a really great relationship around candy. Like there were candy bowls out. It was never that we weren't allowed to have it. It was sort of like, oh, you've got a stomach ache from eating too much candy. Well, like, that's why we don't do that. Let's have dinner before we eat all that candy. It was, it's, we never had to deal with my parents stealing our candy in the middle of the night to donate it or to throw it out because they felt like we were going to, you know, eat it, eat it into oblivion or something, or get really unhealthy. My parents really let us live in that Halloween space for a couple of weeks and the candy kind of got rid of itself. You had said there definitely was a little bit of that. And I'm curious, did you mean the vibe around treats is like, you can't come around all the time. Like what, what do you, what was your, uh, you know, your guardians, how do they perceive treats? Yeah. I mean, it was more for themselves. Like these, those were like the offhanded comments that, you know, they would make about candy. Also, also my grandpa was very much a midnight candy eater. Um, (laughs) And he was also in charge of handing out the candy on Halloween. So that was another thing um, traditionally, but yeah, I, uh, I don't think I ever would have gone through it. And that's just kind of how I am still to this day. Like, so I don't really have a problem with like the mystery of where the, <laughs> the leftover bottoms of the, the bags of candy went because it was stuff that I literally would never eat still happens. I will buy something. I'll eat 18 of 20 of whatever it is. And those other two will just, they will just live there in a time capsule. <laughs> like once I'm done, I'm done. And so I'm very lucky to have a Scott who uh, never gets tired of anything. And is like, Oh, he actually has his own year long treat basket where I put the treats that I'm no longer going to eat into that basket. That means they're fair game. (laughs) That means they're good to go. So if we were doing Halloween candy, that's where all my Halloween candy would go. So yeah, I mean, there were definitely, um, remarks about like eating you know eating too much candy or regulating that um but it never felt like super direct it was always like covert um Mm. may have been more harmful I don't know (laughs) um when you hear other people talking about it and you're just like oh should I be doing that um but yeah you know there was there was candy in my house too there was like always candy in the sideboard Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so it's not like there wasn't year-round candy and my grandma still like refuses to go anywhere without candy in her purse Um, right right yeah I think part of that all checks out right or all of it checks out because you could finish your candy to your your level of content it was never about scarcity like it's going to be taken from me I only get candy once a year and if you have children now and you're listening to this and you struggle with having treats in your house and how much can my kids have I mean, considering, you know, Laura and I had our fair share of disordered thinking around food and practices, and it didn't, you know, it didn't really manifest itself out in Halloween. And I think there's something to be said about a philosophy 
in your household that's like, yeah, treats are welcome here and they're kind of for the equation. You're not going to be shamed for eating them. I do think the covert comments stick with us, whether we realize it or not, right? Oh, it's so sinful. I'm going to be bad and have another, like, I remember hearing those things too. And I don't know to what extent they've impacted me, uh, but I know that I remember them. For my friends though, it wasn't always that way. I grew up with friends with various you know, household philosophies on treats. Maybe you did too. I'm curious, does anything stack, stick out to you about your neighbors or your friends? Were there households where you know, their candy got taken away in the middle of the night or they, they were not allowed to have treats? Um, there were definitely households that had a variety of different ideas around treats, but for the most part, um, they were pretty open on Halloween. I know um, one like family, they were, there was like a no soda thing, which like, you know, mm. mostly, when we're talking about random things you get in your Halloween basket, the sodas <laughs> are not one of them. Although like I could be that person now just like giving someone like a mini soda. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't have any candy. It's <laughs> like, here's like, here's a bubble water. <laughs> like, um, but I think that that was there. There was a lot of like good balance for sure um and then of course I don't know what happened after the candy went inside like it wasn't a you know because some people are fine like there's like okay pick your few or whatever and then the rest gets donated like I don't know what was going on again mine never got completed it just got like it just had to go away because they're like this is like literally gonna become a hazard um (laughs) so so yeah, I um, think that growing up we had different people, but I I never really heard a ton of rules from the people that we trick or treated with. Got it, got it. Yeah, my my cousins definitely didn't have that issue, but growing up, especially in high school, I would see friends or like friends siblings kind of have to deal with that. And as a nanny, I saw it where it was sort of like you need to make sure there's no candy in the room, no candy in the bed. Um, go like at this time of day, you're going to go and take all the candy. You're going to donate all of it. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm put on some sort of mission. You're like the Grinch. Yes. And it it was sort of centered. I mean, this is also years later after I grew up where like, maybe there's a lot more demonization around sugar. And when Mm -hmm. we grew up, it was like demonization around fat. Whereas if you grew up maybe in the two, like later 2000s, you know, like 2005 to 2000. 15 like you might have grown up with your parents being like oh my god sugar is the devil oh my gosh no what imagine keto candies well (laughs) that's our reality (laughs) let's yeah and it probably is some kids reality because I'd like to get into that now which is non-food treats and healthy snacks as treats uh I sort of tiptoed our way into this trying to figure out where are the households that are handing out raisins and handing out colored pencils don't be mad Um, but I don't even hate raisins like I'll still mess with that if they're chocolate or vanilla like flavored or covered I'm into it otherwise I'm I'm talking about dried fruit I'll eat it (laughs) I didn't want it it's like I'm here for candy I can get raisins whenever I want so what kind of non-food treats are like other treats were given out at Halloween that you remember. Yo, did you ever have anyone who gave out pennies? No. I swear I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Like little satchels of change. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. Cause I was wow. like, wow, this is absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> the most ungrateful. Like this is terrible. Terrible. Um, you might as well give me a toothbrush. Thanks a lot. Um, no, we talked about this a little bit, but spider rings. If I find a spider ring, a little plastic spider ring, if I found a little plastic spider ring, would definitely have at least three in my house for no reason. If I found one right now, oh my gosh, I would like it. I would yeah, be I it. loved I loved spider rings. I love I love the little story. stabby parts of the spider ring. Like it's not fitting correctly. It's pinching my <laughs> little fat finger and it's stabbing all of my other fingers. And I'm like, styling. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And I would never get rid of them. I hold on to them, save it for next Halloween. I want it to be with it. It was like a fashion, uh, fashion statement for me. Yeah, I was gonna say I might actually have. I'm looking in this drawer because, you know, um, I bought years ago some bubbles that are in like a, like a Halloween, like a finger. And that's what I use for doo-doo to blow her bubbles. So like, I, I, I like, like that little stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Bubbles were a good one. We used to get bubbles, uh, jewelry. Sometimes you would get pretzels. Yeah. So I was always pretzels are the ultimate disappointment for me. Pretzels and pennies, man. Pretzels was a downfall. Um, if you like that house, pretzels more than a year in a row, it was like, we're not going back because you kind of knew part of me wonders, are do these people kind of think that they're doing us a favor? These kids, you know, sugar, we're going to offset the tone. We're going to offset the damage. Like, I wonder if there's like, if it's a, for all households, if it's just like, this is what we feel comfortable giving or if it like has a little healthism involved. <laughs> there might be that. And then also now, especially with the rise of like allergens. Um, oh yeah. I think oh, that yeah. there's like a different variety now because people, well, I mean, you know, it's very complicated to even pack a school lunch in some cases when you're sending your kid to a pre-K or a daycare because of allergens. So I get that for sure. And as like, someone who would want every little kid to get something, I would be pretty heartbroken if I didn't have anything to give someone who had allergies. So I think that some of those are considerations on that too, like having options, like, okay, we've got some options here. Yes, Um, totally. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think about that now and I have, you know, I have a friend who has a peanut and Trina allergy and I'm like, yo, sad times when you were trick-or-treating. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, well, one of my cousins had a lot of different allergies besides shellfish. I think it was peanuts as well. And that it, maybe that was also part of the reason why we dumped everything out was we had to yeah, make sure we're like, we have to make sure yeah. that so-and-so doesn't go it's, into it. It was so scary because it was like EpiPen or hospital at that point. Like it wasn't like you really had many options. It was just going to be literal do or die. So it, for for him, I'm grateful that we did that. And I, I wonder what his Halloween experience would be like now with, with more options. But I always just got a weird energy from the pretzel houses. Just going to put that out there. It just felt, it felt different than the candy yeah. houses. I mean, again, if I ask Scott, if he would, he, he, he probably wasn't into it, but he would be into it now. Like if someone yeah. gave him a little <laughs> thing of peanut butter pretzels or just pretzels, he'd be into it. So it's like, well, yeah just any snack. Um, <laughs> well, I, was, I guess that, yeah, I was just thinking about all the snacks, all the snacks, all the treats. And that brings us to today, right? So what's your current connotation 
of the word treat? Is it a positive word? Is it a negative word? Is it a neutral word to you? I freaking love treats. <laughs> I know. And I know that that can be controversial when we're talking about like um, moralizing or like labeling or sorting foods, but like anything can be a little treat. And I love getting a little treat. Um, yes. So, and also just like that kind of thing makes it almost more special to me. And, and like, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's a treat. I think it's good. Um, what about you? How do you feel about treat? I feel the same about treat as I do like indulgence and kind of just like feel good food. Like a treat is just, Ooh, like that's the word that comes to mind. Like, Ooh, that's what I'm saying. I'm tickled by that. I love it. I love it. And I think that we can get really in the weeds on like, well, let's make everything neutral and there's no morality. And that is all so true. And there's something fun about having a little treat, right? Like going to a coffee shop and getting, you know, you're on doing errands, you get yourself your little coffee, you get yourself your little muffin, you got yourself a little treat. Like it's the thing that maybe you weren't expecting in your day. The thing that is, it's not that you're, you know, doing anything excessive, but it's just something maybe not typical, not something that always happens, or maybe it is something that you always have a little treat at the end of the day, whatever it might be. But I think treat is such a lovely word and I love to use it. Yeah, I, I'm a little I have, treat person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Baby Bob and Barney here <laughs> reporting for treats. <laughs> yeah, we are so treat-like. It's, it's definite. It's, there's no one knew how obvious that would be, I guess. Like, okay, clearly yeah, you cannot <laughs> take my treats away from me. Yeah. That we are clearly treat people, as you can tell now. Uh, I do find that I've gotten a lot of pushback about it mm. because, like, well, why is it a treat? Why can't it just be something you have? Like, I guess that's your connotation, but I feel like treat is an okay word to use. Treat is a category, okay? Some things are some things, some things are meals, and some things are treats. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a category, right? And I don't care when you have your treats. I don't care if they're every day, if they're every other day, if they're once a year. However you feel that word can be used in a positive way, I think it's fun to take that word back and not feel like, oh, treats are only allowed if you've done something, if you've earned them, if you did something good. Or if they're occasional. Right, 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 right. Just, I want you to think about what's your little treat. That's my homework for all of you. <laughs> what's your favorite little treat? And let us know. Um, yeah. Here's the next question, kind of digging into this connotation, is how do we see other people talking about treats? And how does that sit with you? What are your, what are your observations? I mean, you're in fitness, you get a lot of conversation. Now, maybe not so much in your incredible membership, which has such a lovely vibe, but in general, how are you hearing people, families, friends, other communities talking about treats? I mean, I think we're at that time of year and I made, made a lot of, uh, I made some content around it last year, but we're at the time of year where we see the diagrams of like one miniature Twix equals 300 jumping jacks. And you're like, first of all, that math is wild. Um, (laughs) that math is out of this world. Um, but like, I think, so that's kind of what comes up when we think about treats around this time. And it's, it's really this, um, a big pendulum swing when it comes to Halloween and, and holidays to follow where it's just like in between, there's a lot of like rigid 
getting getting back getting right because of the swing to treats so i think that maybe that's where the word treat can throw people off because mm. They're like, oh, I've been having too many treats and therefore I have, I need to be doing more of this. And then, you know, on the radio, they're like, oh, have you been having too many treats? Now you need to do a 10 day juice. And you're like, what? Um, And I think that that's where that kind of like gets a little wavy, gets a little like lost is that to recover from the treats, we have to do something else more extreme, more rigid, more rules. Um, And I see that every year. And I see that, I mean, I see it all the time, but I think that that's where people get feelings around treat and maybe feel like um, they can't trust a treat. <laughs> like a treat is a trick um, yeah, because then, right. then they find themselves feeling pulled back to more of that rigid scheduled lifestyle to accommodate for an increased amount of treats when there is a place where you can allow for treats all the time and treats don't feel like they're throwing you off of any schedule because they're built into your life. Like it's allowed. Um, right. So I think that that's like a big thing when it comes to fitness. Again, those charts are actually some of, they're some of my favorites because they never cease to um, surprise and amaze me where I'm just like, you know, like there's like a Kit Kat and it's like, you know, 25 miles, you're going to have to walk like, you're just like... <laughs> bike for 12 days. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? They actually did that. You know, we do a lot of treats here in New Orleans and around Mardi Gras time, an, a health system here actually posted on their Instagram. Um, you know, one slice of king cake is four miles of parading. And actually, you know, one, one, uh, daiquiri or, you know, whatever it was is some, you know, you know, catching or throwing beads. Like it was meant to be cute, but it was so harmful because kind of like you said, when you were spending so much time trying to avoid the other swing or trying to make up for the one swing you just experienced, you really don't. And you really don't end up in the middle y'all. You just keep swinging from one Mm -hmm. end to the other. And I guess we can call it the treats transaction, you know, where you're always just transacting with yourself of, well, what do I need to do? Cause I just ate this, or I know I'm going to eat or drink this, this weekend. Some of us live that way all year round, but around this time of year, I know it's even harder. And I also think mm-hmm. that when you, you know, are looking to honor your hunger and fullness and you have treats in your house and you find yourself eating them for no reason, you get really confused because you're like, well, I should be able to have treats in my house and not eat them all the time. And here I am just eating as I walk by them. What's that about? Like, sometimes it's not because you're restricting them. Sometimes we develop habits around just, you know, picking up food when we walk past it and it's available. And (laughs) we kind of like, oh, I just, you know, like, I'm just going to keep eating this thing as I walk past it. Maybe it's boredom eating. Maybe it's emotional eating. Have you been around Scott recently? (laughs) I am Scott. (laughs) Yeah. The snacks. The snacks. Just little treats. And those like just little treats, just little treats. Like, well, maybe that just little treat is a coping skill now because you are working in your house. You're stressed about something and you keep walking past this abundant bowl of coping and comfort, right? So like, I think we have to give ourselves some credit that we don't have to do treats, right? We don't have to do, 
anything, you know, perfectly, we can kind of just figure this out as we go, go and enjoy the Halloween candy and then take a, an inventory of yourself on, you know, the, the end of the weekend, the beginning of the week and say, how am I feeling? Like, how's my poop? Like, how's my belly feeling? Like actually check yeah. in on yourself because that is so much more meaningful and useful than I did this. Now I got to do that. The mm-hmm. transaction, it, the it, transaction has nothing to do with you. It has to do with avoiding this big, scary body change that you're afraid of instead of actually saying, Hey baby, what do you need? And also what, like what knowing want? how to listen to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's maybe not even avoiding. It's just that a lot of people have never learned to do that on their own. They've relied on outside regulation of treats and regulation of, mm. you know, movement to tell them what they needed to be doing. And so that those internal cues are so quiet compared to everything else that's very loud and very in your face and very real. And it takes a long time and a lot, a lot of practice to build those cues up in yourself where you do know you're like, Oh, wow. Like I have been feeling real gurgly. Like I've (laughs) not been feeling great. And also like, I feel like I've been riding like the blood sugar roller coaster of up and down. I'm like crashing sleepy after having like half of a donut in the morning. Cause like I will right. go, I, it will put me down. Like I will go. <laughs> um, but like, I know that about myself. Right. So I'm like, okay, like that's probably not a good idea if I don't want to go night night right now. Um, but like that takes a long time and that takes a lot of practice. And that takes, again, checking in with yourself as an individual versus like what other people are saying, you know, you need to be doing after having a Twix. <laughs> like, Right. Right. I mean, if you think about it, if you think you need to do 300 jumping jacks to burn off a Twix and then someone else tells you that's not true, that's not right, which, you know, is correct. Like what Lauren's saying, it, it is not correct. It might also be hard to regulate that you might feel good to go on a walk if you've eaten too much food and that might feel good. Right. And so it's like, oh, well, like, am I doing it to burn off calories? Like, what am I doing this for? Who am I? And it, I, I want everyone to kind of recognize what Lauren's saying is it takes time to find your voice and to find your cues and to be okay with owning your decisions, regardless of how it looks, um, compared to, you know, somebody else's habit, someone else, maybe they really don't want candy in their house and that's their decision. You get to make that decision for yourself and caring for yourself is your highest priority. No tricks. Yeah. What, what a treat truly. (laughs) And I guess that circles us back to the five to nine, because sometimes we think there's a lot of tricks involved with having to take care of yourself and having to listen to your hunger and fullness cues and doesn't have to be a trick. It just definitely takes practice. Yes. Lots and lots of practice, just like everything else. Yes. It's just like perfecting your Halloween costume (laughs) in your mid, in your mid thirties. You finally (laughs) got it right. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, If you are on Patreon, I will be sharing whatever Halloween costume photos I can find um, because I would love for you to see them. And I'd love for you to post your own Lauren, if you find. Some I'd love for you there as well. I mean, I know they exist. I just will have to find them. So yes. I will try my my best to find them. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I think that really wraps us up for today's episode of Mostly Treats. Uh, next week, we will be coming back to you with an episode that we'll share with you when it's ready. 
<laughs> right. Sounds, <laughs> sounds yeah. good to me. Yes. <laughs> um, we really look forward to hearing more about what you think about the podcast and you can share your feedback with us directly. You can share it if you're uh, on Patreon, right on the right on our feed. Additionally, we would love to see some reviews. We just got on Apple Podcasts. Maybe that's where you're listening yes. to us today. And we need some reviews to, to get that. Uh, I guess it's a ranking, right? Get get our podcast seen more and more. Yeah, we're and more ready to be here. number one. Yeah, we're, we're feeling, we're really feeling number one. We just need the, uh, you know, we need your help, essentially. We need more than one yeah. one-star <laughs> review. <laughs> But even the one one star review came up in somebody's feed for clickbait, so it's fine. Uh, but yes, we would love your feedback. Um, please rate us wherever you listen to podcasts and let us know your thoughts on treats, on Halloween, trick-or-treating, whatever it is you'd like to share. We love hearing your feedback and it has been such a joy for us over the last four weeks of doing this, uh, being able to hear your thoughts too. Lauren, any last words of wisdom before we wrap it up? Um, I hope everyone picks a very cozy costume because that's, I'm going back to Barney. I'm going back, (laughs) I'm going back to those big comfy costumes. That's it. I've decided like, if I can't wear a full, I'm going to be Rocky. I'm going to wear a full sweatsuit, just like, just a sweat, like just a sweatshirt and sweatpants. And that's an outfit. So yeah, comfy core can be applied to your costumes. That's my final thought. Hashtag back to Barney. Okay, done. (laughs) Done. All right, y'all, take it back to Barney. We'll see you next week. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.